It's time for our Trees Are Key podcast, brought to you by Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Paul Johnson. And welcome to episode 311. Last week, we explored keys to climate change. And this week, we're going to discuss keys to urban forestry. Wow, it's hard to believe this adventure is coming to a close. There's just one more episode of Trees Are Key after this one. This has been a big part of my life for the last six years. In case you haven't listened to recent episodes, I do have a bit of news. I've left TFS to join SFI, the Sustainable Forestry Initiative, to start their urban forestry program. It has been my pleasure and honor to work with TFS for the past 16 years, and this podcast has been one of my highlights. I'm pleased that TFS wants to finish Season 6. There will be one more episode after this, and TFS is planning on maintaining all 312 episodes as an ongoing resource. They'll still be available on our website, tfsweb.tamu.edu, and through your podcast app. Trees and people are my passion, so I guess it's just natural that I found my way to urban and community forestry. I truly believe that trees are key to healthier, happier, safer communities. Trees make our cities and towns not only livable, but survivable. This last year has put a spotlight on the importance of public spaces, particularly green public spaces. Trees are a key part of those spaces. In some cases, we're loving these spaces to death and having to ration access. Not just to minimize crowds and facilitate physical distancing, but to lessen the impact on those spaces. You can see it in just about any park. Soil compaction from people walking, running, and biking is at an all-time high, particularly because of physical distancing. The common recommendation is to stay on trails as often as possible to minimize your negative impact. This is part of the leave-no-trace aesthetic. Unfortunately, many of our trails and sidewalks aren't six and a half feet wide, and we're having to wander further afield to maintain distance from others. This compacts the soil and will have an impact on trees in the area. So what do we do? Well, I have a question for you. What do you think are keys to urban forestry? Which episodes have had the biggest impact on your thinking and actions when it comes to urban and community forestry? For me, I believe value is the biggest key to urban and community forestry. Not values just in terms of dollar value, but really it goes to the whole concept behind the name of this podcast. Trees, in general, but particularly in urban and community forests, are key to so many issues. Climate change, equity, health, economics, energy savings, flooding, reduced stress, reduced crime and aggression, the very oxygen that we breathe. I'm certainly not saying that trees are the key to crime prevention or any of these other issues. But we do have data that shows less domestic violence, less vandalism, and lower crime rates are associated with areas with more and better cared for trees. Trees are one of the keys or one of the answers. Once we know that, it's much easier to decide to invest in caring for the urban forest and helping city leaders prioritize caring for their forest amongst all the other issues they have to know about and care about. 
it's a true challenge. What can we, the people that care enough to listen to a tree-based podcast, do? Advocate for trees and forests. Show people through your actions, not just your words, that you care and that they need to also. Volunteer for your local tree nonprofit. Serve on your local tree board. Donate to tree-based organizations. And get out and do. Plant and care for trees. We are at a vital time in our society. There are so many amazing opportunities ahead and so many challenges. Variable weather and large storms are going to cause lots of loss in our urban forests. There will be people that get discouraged by all the damage and loss, but the recovery process is vital. Go back and listen to our episodes about recovery projects and the impact they have on communities. Most of our homes and possessions can be replaced fairly promptly, but it takes decades to replace trees, and trees set our sense of place. How do we protect our community forests? Invest in them. That investment starts with proper planning and employment of professionals that know how to care for urban forests and trees. Some do both, but the skill set of an arborist and a forester is significantly different. Arborists focus on individual tree care, and foresters focus on caring for groups of trees and the associated organisms and environment. These roles are so intertwined that it can be tough to determine where one job stops and another job starts. An experienced arborist doesn't necessarily make for a good urban forest manager. And an urban forester doesn't necessarily make for a good arborist. Both can learn and grow into the other role, if they so desire. Which comes first? the plan, or the inventory. This is a chicken-or-the-egg type discussion, and I think both are okay. Either can come first, but both are key. If I was starting a program from scratch, I would start with a plan. Now, that plan would include an inventory early in the implementation of the plan, but you can manage without an inventory. You just aren't likely to manage as efficiently or as effectively if you don't know what you have. I truly believe that which is counted is managed. I don't care if it's trees in your community, dollars in your bank accounts, or pounds on your scale. Knowing what you have is key to taking better care of it. The next key to urban forestry is caring for the trees. This includes ordinances or rules of what you can and can't do in the community, both for the community itself and for the members of the community. The benefits of trees don't stop at property lines, neither do the risks. Therefore, the community needs to consider what standards and rules apply within that community. Speaking of risk, you are failing in your duty if you don't consider, plan for, and manage risk in the urban forest. We spend lots of time, effort, and energy talking about all of the amazing things trees do that we benefit from. On the other side of that coin, is the risk that large, heavy, tall trees pose to life and property. An urban forest plan should include risk assessment and management. This is one of the reasons you need a professional to care for the urban forest. Communities have fleets of vehicles, and they have someone that is responsible for their care, 
internally or externally, because those vehicles need maintenance and care. The same is true for our trees. Just because they can often survive with minimal care doesn't mean they should. Most research shows that the return on the investment of caring for trees and forests is much greater than the investment itself, which really is the difference between an investment and a cost. Trees and urban forests are investments that pay off. You can go back and listen to the appropriate episodes to learn more about each of these topics, but let's quickly summarize the keys to urban forests. Advocacy. People and community leaders have to care. Investment. We have to invest resources to manage and care for our forests. Planning. Planning can save time and resources and maximize the return on our investment. Inventory. That which is counted is managed. The more you know, the better your decisions can be. Care and maintenance. Well-cared-for trees and forests are more resilient, live longer, and give us more of the benefits we enjoy. Risk management. Reduces the risk to people and property, which further ensures the best return on our investment. Evaluation. Urban forestry is an iterative process or a practice somewhat similar to what doctors do. We do and don't do something. We observe the results and pivot as needed to get the desired results. There's also one we haven't really mentioned yet, and that is what's next? How do we deal with the woody biomass when it finally comes down? One phrase, urban wood use, we're talking forestry after all, let's utilize this resource for the greatest, highest possible value. A new table is better than mulch, which is better than just throwing it away. These are the basic keys to urban forestry. There are lots of details we can't cover in 10 to 15 minutes, but we have 311 other episodes that give you more detail. Just because our Trees Are Key series is coming to an end doesn't mean that their usefulness is finished. Please continue to use this podcast and share it with others. I may have left the Forest Service, but I'm not leaving the industry or the state. Look for me and ask about the future of trees, forests, arboriculture, and urban forestry. The future looks bright. Thank you. It's time for our Tree of the Week Species Spotlight. This week's tree comes from our Trees of Texas website, texastreeid.tamu.edu. Montezuma bald cypress, Texodium mucronatum, is also known as Sabino arauete. This Texas native is a fast-growing large tree to 70 feet tall and a thick trunk up to 6 feet in diameter or more with an irregular, rounded, or flat-topped crown and drooping branchlets. Unlike the closely related bald cypress, this species does not produce pneumatophores known as knees. The largest reported tree of this species, the Tule tree near Oaxaca, Mexico, measures over 125 feet tall with a trunk circumference over 150 feet. Commonly found along string banks along the Rio Grande, its tributaries, and nearby resacas, it is planted as a landscape tree as far north as Houston, Austin, and DFW, where the leaves become deciduous. The delicate, light green leaves are flattened, about a half to three-quarters inch long, very narrow, and arranged in feather-like fashion along two sides of slender branchlets three to six inches long. Persistent and evergreen in extreme south Texas, but semi-evergreen or deciduous farther north. 
Male flowers are long clusters that resemble oak catkins, 6 to 12 inches long with the individual flowers spread out spirally around the central thread-like stem. Female flowers are small and inconspicuous swellings along the previous year's branchlets. Montezuma cypress fruit is a round cone to 1 inch in diameter, surface rough, green, and glaucous at first, but turning brown and woody later. Their bark is reddish-brown, smooth on young trunks and branches, but developing shredding scales and eventually thick, rough ridges and fissures on older trees. The wood is similar to bald cypress, and several parts of the tree reportedly have medicinal qualities. It's used increasingly as a landscape tree. Its cousin bald cypress, Taxodium distichum, occurs commonly in central and east Texas and in landscapes across the state, but has shorter male flowers in the spring, usually is more excurrent or upright, and may produce knees. Be sure to visit our Texas Tree Selector website to find trees which are appropriate for your planting location at texastreeplanting.tamu.edu. Upcoming tree events. In-person events are starting to pick up. Check out the calendars on tfsweb.tamu.edu and isatexas.com to find upcoming events. Need CEUs? Keep your eyes open for the various webinars from the likes of TreeFun to keep current and be ready when it's time to renew your credential. The next episode is the last Trees Are Key podcast. It's been an amazing six-year run and we'll reflect a bit and wrap up the series next week in Keys to Trees. Thanks for listening. Our agency website is tfsweb.tamu.edu. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Treevangelist and on Facebook.com slash TreesAreKey. Please take a moment and share us with your family and friends and rate and review us on iTunes. It'll help others find us. Until next week on Trees Are Key.